This is a LifeGate Church podcast. Tune in to hear from our team as we encourage you to discover the freedom and purpose that Jesus offers. If you want to find out more about who we are, visit lifegate.org.au. Hi there, I'm Kath. I'm the kids pastor here at LifeGate Church. And it is such a privilege to share with you today a message that God has been speaking to me about. Let's pray before we start. Dear God, I thank you so much that you long to speak to us. I pray that you'll speak to us again today through your word and that we will get a bigger picture of who you are. Amen. Now I'm wondering, do you have a happy place? A place where you go to clear your head, get a fresh breath and refill, refuel and get a bit of perspective? Now my happy place is the beach. I feel closer to God at the beach, out in his creation, ah, breathing in the fresh air, watching the waves, the waves that are just never ending in, in, reminds me of his never ending and sometimes ferocious love. I just feel closer to God at the beach. Well, what about you? Where's your happy place? Maybe it's out in the bush, surrounded by trees, the only person for miles. Or maybe high on a mountaintop with the whole world beneath you. Maybe your happy place is snuggled up with a book in a land far, far away. Or out on the footy field, fighting to win with your team. Maybe you love to spend time in worship or having a bake-off or at a spin class, riding it out or silent at the shooting range. Well, although the beach is my happy place, I do have one problem. I have a slightly unhealthy fear of sharks. Now, I have one rule of swimming in the ocean. Always make sure there's one person out further than you so you can get back to shore in case a shark comes. Now, one day, unbeknownst to me, I was that person the very furthest out, blissfully unaware, swimming on the beach. But when I looked up and realised, oh, the panic. Everything in my body panicked like I had just been bitten by a shark and I turned and I swam like I never have back to shore. Now later, as I sat on the shore, I realised this is ridiculous and something has to be done about this. So I set myself a challenge. Every time I go swimming to this particular beach at Cronulla, I measure my depth against the coastline and how far I'm going. Now it's been a while, it's been winter, so it wasn't since last summer. But last time I was there, I got all the way, let me show you, to the edge of the steps. I thought that was pretty good and looking back to the shore, I was pretty impressed with my progress. But let's pan back and get a bit of perspective and you'll see that I've got a long way to go before I beat this fear. This is just one tiny beach in all of Sydney, Australia, the world, and yet my mind is determined to convince me that a shark's out to get me. It's ridiculous, and I really need a bit of perspective. All right, your turn. There are four images here, so I want you to take a moment and see if you can guess what they are. 
You can either tell the person next to you or if you're watching online, write it in the chat. One, two, three, four. What do you think these things are? Now let's look at each one one at a time and zoom in to get a better look. This first one is a fuel pump. Next one, this one's a bit easier. A soap dispenser. Number three, I thought this one was a coffee machine, but it's a faucet. And last one, a razor. How did you go? Did you get them all right? Now, stepping back and getting a better perspective, a bigger picture is often helpful in seeing something for what it is. And similarly, with the fears or struggles and trials, a bit of perspective goes a long way in helping us navigate the storms of life. Taking time out to clear ahead and connect with God can help us get a better perspective. Now, I plan to head to the beach regularly to connect with God and keep a good perspective, a God perspective. I spend time walking or running. I play with my two-year-old. I usually drink coffee. Sometimes I'll read and journal as well, depending on how my two-year-olds go in. And then when the storms hit, I can remember how big God is and keep a good perspective. But this year has not always made it easy to get to the beach. There have been moments this year that have been hard. There are times where I have felt suffocated and empty, stressed and confused, lost and alone. A lot of the time it's felt like I've been drowning in an onslaught of crashing waves. You know the ones, wave after wave after massive wave and they're going forwards and backwards and sideways all at the same time and it's just a mess of wind and whitewash and sand and sometimes bonus seaweed and blue bottles thrown in. There have definitely been times this year where I have desperately needed a bit of perspective. We all lose perspective sometimes. We feel scared, stressed, alone and just need a breath. There are lots of reasons and seasons why we might lose perspective. Work, working all day in a stressful job and the demands that that brings. And yes, there's dreams and there's goals, but the daily grind and set of deadlines just takes the focus. Or the other extreme, which has been a reality for so many people this year, is the loss of job and the emptiness or the financial tension that that brings. Family, the tensions in the family, or raising a young family and those long, long days and sleepless nights and tiredness becomes consuming and we lose focus. Sickness and long-time sickness where every day means we wake up with that pain again. Every day we wake up to the fatigue and the symptoms that consume our thinking and become our focus. Study and the pressure that comes from teachers or lecturers, assessments, presentations, and our life begins to revolve around all those deadlines. 
relationships, whether they be amazing relationships that take our time or broken relationships that have left us hurt and empty and wondering what it is that we have to offer. And life, how about trying to navigate life this year in a global pandemic? We definitely, many of us, can lose perspective in any of these and some of these seasons. But Jesus said, in this world you will have trouble, but take heart, be encouraged. I have overcome the world. Jesus knew that we would have struggles in this life. He also knew to get through, we would need a God perspective. The Bible records many times when Jesus retreated to pray. Whatever was going on for him, whether being tempted by Satan or tired after a long day of preaching or facing death on a cross, Jesus retreated to God for refreshment, guidance and perspective. And I'd like to take you to a passage where Jesus did just that, retreated to pray, kept a God perspective and helped his disciples to get a better picture of who he was. I'd love you to turn with me to Mark chapter 6, 45 to 52, when Jesus walks on water. Now, while you're finding that passage, let me give you some context. Jesus has started his ministry, called his disciples, healed many people, and he's drawing quite a crowd. Jesus uses parables to teach people about the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven. Jesus has calmed a storm that was so ferocious that it scared the fishermen, disciples. So these big, strong fishermen, macho men were scared. Jesus calms the storm and gives the disciples a bigger perspective of who he is. They actually ask, who is this man? As the disciples are getting a bigger picture of who Jesus is, Jesus sends them out to preach and to perform miracles and healings just as he has been. At the beginning of chapter 6, the disciples are gathered again together with Jesus, debriefing from their time out preaching. But the crowds are still growing. Everyone wants to see and hear Jesus. They stay all day. And at the end of the day, though tired and hungry, Jesus feeds the 5,000 men, plus whatever women and children were there just from one boy's lunch. And that's where we find ourselves at today's passage in Mark chapter 6, verse 45. You'll see looking at this passage that straight away we see Jesus' care for his disciples, knowing their need for rest after their journey and knowing how long it would be for those people to leave now that their tummies were full. He sends his disciples off ahead of him in the boat while he dismisses the crowd. Let's read it together. Immediately, Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to Bethsaida while he dismissed the crowd. After leaving them, he went up to, onto a mountainside to pray. Later that night, the boat was in the middle of the lake and he was alone on the land. He saw the disciples straining at the oars because of the wind that was against them. Shortly before dawn, he went out to them, walking on the lake. He was about to pass them by, but when they saw him walking on the lake, they thought he was a ghost. They cried out because they all saw him and were terrified. Immediately, he spoke to them and said, Take courage, it is I. Don't be afraid. 
Then he climbed into the boat with them and the wind died down. They were completely amazed for they had not understood about the loaves. Their hearts were hardened. So we saw that Jesus immediately sent his disciples away. And in verse 46, we see Jesus heads up the mountainside to pray. Being fully man and fully God, I'm assuming he didn't need to get a fresh God perspective, but he did take time out to sit with God, his Father, and keep his God perspective, his mission, the big picture of why he was here. Colossians 1.15 tells us that the Son, that's Jesus, is the image of the invisible God. Jesus, the Son, came to show us who God is. In verse 47, it says, later that night. Now, my research tells me that that's about eight or nine in the evening. Jesus saw them, these big fishermen, struggling in the wind. So it was no tiny wind. He saw them. And yet next we read, shortly before dawn, he went out to them walking on the lake. Shortly before dawn, which my Bible notes tell me was between 3 and 6 a.m. That's a long night straining at the oars. Jesus was on the mountain looking out. He saw them, saw the struggle, but didn't come walking to them until dawn. Why? I always thought that Jesus sat on the mountaintop watching them through the night. But did he? Did he actually not come straight away? He'd gone up to the mountainside to pray. And the Bible here doesn't tell us if he had already spent his time in prayer, but we do know that God came first. And so it is possible that Jesus took some extra time to be with God before walking down the mountain to his disciples. But I've also learned a little bit about the geography of this part of the world. These were rocky, rocky, big mountains. And for Jesus to be able to see them, that places him at the very top of the mountains. So how long did it take him to get down that rocky big mountain? And this was a pretty big lake. And he walked out to the middle of the lake. Maybe this just all took time, all night. Either way, Jesus saw the bigger picture. Jesus knew he could calm this storm and these winds. He'd calmed worse before. His mission, his perspective was bigger than calming storms. Jesus came to show us who God is, to show us a God who is bigger than any storm we face and is in control of the wind and the waves that he created. God who sees us wherever we are and loves us, not because of what we can do and what storms we've overcome, but because we are his, his masterpiece, the finale of all creation. In Colossians again, in chapter 1, verse 16, all things, we're a part of that, all things were created through him and for him. And we've already read that the sun is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. Jesus' perspective was bigger than this storm. Jesus came to the earth to show us who God is, to show his disciples who he is. 
and he sees you. Whatever trials or struggles or fears you're facing right now, Jesus sees you. Whatever storms are beating you down, Jesus sees you. I know for me in the night after a long, hard day, everything seems worse than it really is. My husband, Mark, is often telling me just to wait. You'll get a fresh perspective in the morning. Just wait till the sun comes up. In those night, dark seasons, it might not be hours. It might be weeks, months or years in the struggle. I struggled with chronic fatigue for 10 years, but Jesus saw me and Jesus sees you. Hey, and we don't know what other battles he's fighting for us on his way down the mountain. Wherever you are, let me encourage you today that Jesus sees you and after the night comes the dawn. Shortly before dawn, he went out to them walking on the lake. Jesus came into the storm. They mustn't have seen him at first because it says he was about to pass them by. And why would they? There was a longer route to get to Bethsaida over the mountain, which I'm going to make the assumption that that's the way the disciples thought Jesus was going after he'd spent time with God. I'm not assuming that the disciples thought he actually was going to come walking out onto the water to them. They were so focused on the storm, straining in their own strength, possibly not even thinking about Jesus right now, uh, maybe wishing they were walking the road with him. I wonder if they even prayed, but boy, did they cry out to him when they actually did see him. It reminds me of myself and how often we get stuck in a moment, in a struggle, in a storm, and we forget about Jesus, forget to ask for help, or sometimes don't even recognise him when he is there. Whatever their focus, Jesus came into the storm. And it was when they saw him and they cried out in absolute fear, immediately, he said, take courage, it is I. Don't be afraid. And then he climbed into the boat. The wind died down. They were completely amazed. Well, that's pretty amazing, really. What I find interesting, though, is the disciples' growth as they have spent time with Jesus. Back in chapter 4, Mark records the disciples' reaction when Jesus came to that storm as terrified. But here, they are completely amazed. They are getting a bigger picture of who Jesus is. But still, verse 52 tells us that their hearts were hardened. After so much time with Jesus, there was still so much they didn't know about who God is. So much that was still head knowledge and not yet heart knowledge. I find that a bit encouraging for someone myself who was still learning and growing and understanding who God is. What about you? Who is Jesus to you? What's your perspective? 
Are you thinking about that shark that might bite you or are you looking out at the whole ocean? Let's remember those things that can steal our perspective or lose focus in uh, tough seasons. Which one of these is it for you? Or maybe it's something else. What are you working at in your own strength? What's your storm? Are you crying out to Jesus? I'd love to share one last story. On New Year's Day, our family head down to Wanuna Beach near Bulai for a New Year's Day celebration. Now, in 2019, I was swimming in the ocean with my eldest daughter. She loves the ocean. But South Sydney beaches can be really unpredictable. And this day, out of nowhere, a massive wave came. It was big, but I was ready to go under it. She was not. She freaked out and turned to run back to shore. And knowing what was about to happen, I turned to hold her and protect her the best way I could as that wave came crashing over us. And we were spun around like we were in a washing machine. I didn't know which way was up or down. And at one point, I lost contact of my daughter. I cried out to Jesus, help me save her. And immediately she came crashing into my thigh. I grabbed her, we came up and the wave was gone, just like that. Once it had crashed, it petered out and it was almost nothing by the time it got to the shore. And behind us, the ocean was flat. Waves are like that. They roll in and out, big and small. And beyond them is the ocean, the great big ocean. Just like the fears, struggles and hard seasons in our lives, they roll in like a storm, some big, some small. And beyond them, always beyond them, is God. He is watching. He is coming. He encourages us to look for the big picture, to look for him. Hebrews 12 verse 2 reminds us to keep fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer, the starter, and the perfecter, the finisher of our faith. Jesus, who will show us who God is and will give us a great big God perspective for life. What if we could? What if we could keep a God perspective in every season? Let's look at three things that we could do to keep a God perspective from looking at this passage today. Visit your happy place. We looked at Jesus today who retreated to a mountainside to pray and be with God. So think again of your happy place. Maybe you need to book some time to be there. Or maybe you need to rethink what a happy place could be for you, something more accessible for you in your current season. One of our daughters has discovered that she finds it really relaxing just to sit and stare at the fish in our tank helps her breathe, brings her peace. Or maybe this storm, this struggle that you are facing is your next happy place. 
as you find Jesus there with you in the storm. That place where God is going to meet you and grow you to the person he created you to be. Like Peter, as Nathan spoke about a couple of weeks ago, who could testify to the benefits of the trials in suffering, in growing and refining his faith. Be on mission. Jesus had a mission here on earth to show us who God is. He never lost sight of this mission. He kept a God perspective in everything he did and he took every opportunity to show people who God is. And Jesus has told us our mission, the greatest commandment, the greatest thing we can do is to love the Lord our God with all of our soul, with all of our heart, with all of our mind, with all of our strength and to love others, our neighbours as ourselves. That's our mission, to love God and to love people, no matter what the season, through the storms. And just imagine if we did just that, our eyes fixed on Jesus and loving the people around us, not focused on the storms around us, but focused on him and showing people who he is. Cry out to Jesus from the headland, seeing the bigger picture, Jesus saw the disciples. In the storm, know that Jesus sees you. He loves you and he is coming. Don't give up through the storm. It might be big, it might be long, but after the dark comes the dawn. Maybe the season you find yourself in has left you asking some big questions about life. In Matthew chapter 7, verse 7, it says, Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened up to you. I encourage you today to open the door and invite Jesus into the struggle, into the storm, into your life. If this is you, I'd love to pray with you right now. Dear God, I thank you for Jesus who came to show us who you are. I'm sorry for struggling and straining in my own strength and for living my own way. Thank you that you come into the storm to meet me where I am. I choose to follow you to keep my eyes on you. Amen. Now, if you've just prayed that prayer for the first time, welcome to the lifelong journey of getting to know who God is. I really encourage you to tell the person you're sitting next to, or if you're watching online, you can put it in the chat, request some prayer, and we would love to journey with you in helping to show you who Jesus is. And for all of us, when we take time out and step back and look from the headland, even in a storm, we can remember how big God is, who He is, and we get a better perspective and see our struggles for what they are, a wave or a storm in this whole ocean of life. I'd love to pray with all of you before we finish today. 
God, help us to see beyond the waves, beyond the storm to You. God, take us deeper. Take us out to the deep ocean, to a deeper relationship with You. Show us, God, who You are. Amen. Thanks for checking out this message. My name is Andrew and I'm the online campus pastor at LifeGate. And I would like to invite you to join our online community. Here are three ways that you can take that step. First, if you're a new Christian, we have a bunch of resources to help you get started. Second, why don't you make the most of our online campus by joining our online group that meets on Zoom every Wednesday night at 8.15. Third, join our Facebook community to connect with others within our community and be more engaged in the day-to-day. To take any of those next steps, head to lifegate.org.au slash online. See you soon. Thanks for joining us on the LifeGate Church Podcast. Our church is a place to discover the freedom and purpose that Jesus offers. 